Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope you are uh, safe from the storm. I'm sure there's been some uh, flooding for some of you or you had to deal with it out while you are driving. I appreciate some of the updates I've got on the text line, 780-496-0063. Somebody reported uh, flooding 83rd Street just south of Bonnie Dune. Earlier, uh, actually almost an hour ago, somebody wrote 82nd Street, 116th Avenue, flooded out. So uh, be careful when you're out there. I believe the storm has passed through. I'm in in my basement. Don't have the the best view of everything, but I don't hear anything coming down anymore. I had hail and thunder and lightning and uh, pretty large puddling in my backyard. Um, So hopefully everybody's okay. Uh, Obviously, Rogers Place, a story tonight and uh, check uh, you can check globalnews.ca 630ched.com I will uh, retweet a story here that Global Edmonton just published my account R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S and that is uh, Rogers Place has experienced some damage tonight Rogers Place has suffered water damage to the terminus of Ford Hall, along with some smaller leaks in other parts of the building. So we're looking at uh, 104th Avenue, the entrance there. Uh, There's water, and there's water running out onto the street. And you've probably seen another video on social media that showed some water pouring in. Now, OEG says this is fixable, and it will not affect Edmonton being a hub. It will not affect Rogers Place hosting games right through the conclusion of the Stanley Cup final, though obviously they, uh, there will need to be some repairs. So Mother Nature striking pretty hard in our city tonight. But really hope everybody is safe. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Ched. The Eskimos' uh, name continues to be a discussion. Um, and uh, we it may be there may be an announcement perhaps as early as next week. We we have had the Eskimos say on the record that uh, by the end of the month they would like to make some sort of announcement. Chris Presson, the president of the team, saying last night on Inside Sports that uh, you know he can't dispute the fact that you may need to change the name just to make the problem go away. And he also said at some point it does come down to common sense. So there could be more definite news in those regards. And again, as I said earlier, this could be a situation where um, this could be a situation where perhaps they retire the name as Washington has done with Redskins, but don't pick a new name right away. And as I've pointed out several times over the last two weeks, right now the entire future of the Eskimos and uh, the CFL is in doubt. I appreciate the texts that are coming in tonight about the potential Eskimos name change. I I do read them. I appreciate them. I'm not going to spend too much time on that tonight because we have had significant uh, discussion on that in the past. And as I've pointed out, I think this is inevitable that the name is going to change. If you're unhappy about it, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you, but it's, it's going to happen. 
there's going to be football. It's going to be an Edmonton team. And uh, if you like football and if you like football in Edmonton, hopefully you will still support it. And yes, I'm also seeing people are sending in photographs of uh, perhaps some external damage to the roof of Rogers place. Again, we have a statement to OEG tonight, so that's where we are with that. They, they have said that everything that's happened is fixable. All right, uh, Thomas Drance is on the line from the Athletic Vancouver. Hey, Thomas, thanks for sitting through the uh, the, the uh, Edmonton update, but a very active <laughs> last few hours here, oh, here in our city. And, and you know what it's like. Weather uh, weather trumps everything, so I don't care if I'm a sports host or, or whatever when there's extreme weather in the area. You got to talk about it, and you got to try to make sure people are safe here. No question. And what a news day in Edmonton! Obviously, hope all your listeners are safe. Um, scary situation there, but you know those angry summer rains in Edmonton. Um, you know, there's uh, the stuff of Canadian legend for a reason. Yeah. No, are you are, are you a lifelong Vancouverite, or where else has, has your life taken you? I've lived in Toronto for ten years, and I lived in South Florida. Uh, for three years while I worked for the Florida Panthers organization uh, as the VP of PR and communications. Uh, Get some angry rains down there, but they tend to resolve quickly, replaced by, you know, uh, the humid sunshine for which South Florida is so famous. So did you ever experience a hurricane or anything like that? We did. You know, I actually was on my honeymoon during the big hurricane a couple of years ago, the name of which just escapes me for some reason, and it shouldn't. And so I, I returned from my honeymoon, flew through Toronto, and we couldn't return um, for a few days. It was a very surreal experience. We, we ended up, you know, sort of staying over in, in Toronto for an extra four or five days, an extended honeymoon as a result of, you know, a, a, an unfortunate and scary situation down in South Florida back in the fall of 2017. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. I, I love having you on the show, um, and we kind of want to go across Canada to all the all the NHL cities and get an update on what's going on with their teams. We had Pat Steinberg on from Calgary earlier this mm-hmm. week. I'm going to be honest with you, Thomas. I'm probably not going to spend as much time with you tonight as we would have. No, if, no worries. What a, what a news Unreal. Yeah, but 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 since we got you, and you're always really well spoken and plugged in about what's going on with the Canucks, can you clarify what was going on with this uh, Brock Besser? Uh, trade story and and who put it out there and then what the team and and Benning said it seemed to be a bit of a soap opera for a couple of days well it's always a soap opera in Vancouver uh, that this market (laughs) trends towards the dramatic and yeah so on Friday of last week TSN 1040 afternoon host Matt Sakaris reported that you know the Canucks were likely to explore uh, a Brock Besser trade in the event that, you know, their cap constraints sort of became an issue and that was sort of the way to upgrade the club. On Monday when the club reported for Phase 3, you know, over a variety of Zoom interviews, you know, Besser, Jim Benning, and Canucks head coach Travis Green all roundly criticized the reporting and the timing of it and effectively denied it. Uh, But, you know, the... Fact of the matter is, is that Matt Zakaris, the ex Globe and Mail columnist, uh, is extremely plugged in. This wouldn't be the first piece of, you know, Canucks news that he's broken in his uh, career here in Vancouver. Um, you know, which has taken him through multiple different reputable outlets. Um, his reporting has been backed up by the likes of Elliot Friedman um, in recent days. So, you know, it's one of those situations where 
you know, you look at the Canucks roster and you look at their desperate need for help on the blue line, um, and you look at their surplus at right wing. You know, currently there's Tyler Toffoli, who's a pending UFA. You've got Jake Vertanen, who's a pending arbitration-eligible restricted free agent. And you've got Brock Besser. You know, that's three players who were on pace for 20 goals over 82. Uh, that sort of stands out to a lot of people as an obvious area of surplus and you know, something that the Canucks may need to look at as they try and take a step forward and especially upgrade their you know, defensive play as a team. So we'll sort of see where this goes, I think, at the end of the day. If Brock Besser comes in here and performs very well in the qualifying round or through the playoffs, uh, you know, I suspect the Canucks organization will understand that this is a bona fide top six forward who still has star potential. He's 23, only two years removed or three years removed from being a Calder nominee. Uh, he's a pretty he's a pretty impressive player, and I don't think they're looking to deal him for nothing. Uh, but if the right offer comes along, and considering their situation on the right side of their forward core and their needs elsewhere, you know, you could sort of see how things might unfold in that manner. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the the qualifying round against the the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Canucks are the uh, are the higher seed, so they would have the yep. home ice advantage. The last change in games one, two, and five, but short series. Uh, you know, the the every team in the NHL has some dangerous players, so you never know what mm-hmm. the Wild could do in a short series. How do you how do you look at this uh, this matchup in a couple of uh, key areas? You think it might come down to. Yeah, well, the big edge, I think the biggest mismatch in the series overall is the playing net. You know, the Minnesota Wild have Devin Dubnik, who really sputtered this past season, and Alex Daylock, who I don't think anyone's confusing for uh, an NHL-caliber starter, while the Canucks have, you know, a fringe sort of Vesna candidate in Jacob Markstrom. He's been named the team MVP in consecutive years, and, you know, certainly... While he wouldn't be placed in that sort of class with the likes of Tuka Rask and Connor Hellebuck this past season, uh, you know, he probably belongs in that class right below it with Andre Vasilevsky and Ben Bishop based on how he played. And, you know, he performed at that level behind a defense that was an awful lot leakier than what you'd see in Dallas or in Tampa Bay. So, you know, that's sort of the one area that the Canucks can really hang their hat on but we know over five games that a goaltending superiority doesn't necessarily show up that said if that's the if there's one edge you want to have going into a playoff series it's it's the goaler it's it's in net and the Canucks do have that we'll sort of see how the rest of the the, the, the sort of matchups unfold but the you know just sort of back of the envelope math it looks to me like the Canucks have the better top end offensively the Minnesota Wild have the better forward depth and the better defense core uh, that should make for an interesting series all around i think they're both capable of winning this um, you know and if the canucks are a narrow favorite and i think they probably should be uh you know there's an emphasis on the word narrow i think it's you know you're looking at it's not quite a coin flip uh, a coin flip that's only slightly weighted yeah, but I, I like how you how you put that. I think you'd have to give the Canucks the edge, and, and to me, the, the goaltending is 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 a big story. Uh, but mm-hmm. again, you know, if Dubnik turns it on and like like he yeah. you know has in past years, then Absolutely. then who knows that 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 could even it out for sure. Hey, uh, you know what? I, we're we're gonna have to yeah, get you on again. First of all, I, I love having you on because you you sound great on the radio, and, and you're very generous <laughs> with your time. You always say yes to us, but but uh, there's a lot flying around. Of good course. old Yeg no tonight. So yeah. take care, Thomas. Thank you so much. Yeah, be safe, be well, Reed. All the best. 
Right on. That is Thomas Drance checking in tonight, hockey writer for The Athletic Vancouver. Uh, always wonderful to have him on the show. And we'll we'll dive deeper into the Canucks and their series against the Wild once uh, everything gets going. So flooding at, uh, at Rogers Place tonight. Oilers Entertainment Group saying it's uh, damaged, uh, water damage to the terminus of Fort Hall, along with some smaller leaks in other parts of the building. And they, they're saying that it'll, they are confident it will not hamper planning and preparation to host the return of NHL hockey as a hub city. So, we'll, you know, if we do get any more on that tonight, uh, I'll tell you, but that's, you know, that's probably going to be the update for tonight. And then I, I would guess more tomorrow uh, specifically on Rogers place, but yeah, a lot going on. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I can tell you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three to call or text. We got to call a quick timeout. Thanks for listening on this very wet Thursday inside sports on Chet. did not practice today by the way they will be back on the ice tomorrow the story is the flooding damage at rogers place that oilers entertainment group says is uh, repairable and will not affect the hub city hosting duties now there there are photos circulating on social media uh claiming to be a collapsed part of the roof at rogers place somebody has posted an earlier picture from a nice summer night saying, hold on a second, that's how the roof looks all the time. It's slanted that way to allow for drainage, and there's probably some water gathering there because of of how quickly the rain came down and because of the uh, hail being uh, involved. So keep keep that in mind when you see some of the stuff on social media too. Okay, Chris is on the line. Chris, thanks a lot for calling. Hi, Reid. Uh, Edmonton, we can handle anything, can't we? <laughs> yes. Uh, I was bored at the Edmonton General, and I've been playing at halftime shows when I was a kid for the Edmonton Eskimos football team. And I've been season ticket holders, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm an old person, as you can tell. And one of the things I've always noticed about the Eskimos or the Edmonton Football Club is that they've always been a classy organization. They They are just... I don't know, they just kind of had their heads above everybody else kind of thing, right? And I think what they're doing is absolutely the classiest thing that they can do. If the name offends people, hey, you know, we, we can handle that. We're, we're tough Edmontonians, and uh, all of us old people aren't stuck, you know, whatever. And besides, I, I got a good name. Uh, I like the Edmonton Engineers. You know, our history with the railroad and the fire truck. I always, actually, I got to ride on the fire truck there a few times. And the scientists that we have in Alberta that are engineers, I think that's a pretty good name. So as an old person, I am proud of the Edmonton Football Club. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts, Chris. It's nice to hear from you. 780-496-0063. Appreciate it. And we also have Robert on the line. Robert, you got about uh, 85 seconds, buddy. Go ahead. Uh, Hey, Reed. How's it going? Good. Good. Uh, I just want to just, just want just want to touch a little bit on what I heard uh, Bob Stoffer talking today about some of the defense pairings, and I just want was wanted to. I had a couple thoughts. One being like he, he mentioned, uh, uh, Roberts up here, and he talked like about Samarukov, and he's going back to like the KHL or, or yeah. So with the, my my timeline for defenseman is at this point, I'm thinking. 
thinking Bouchard is Bouchard. I think is is up here full time. Maybe not at the start of next year, but at, but at some point next year. And then I think Broberg is, is a full time NHLer in twenty one twenty two. And I think Broberg or Tom Barukov is twenty twenty two twenty twenty three. That's all I got. Okay, Robert. Nice to hear from you. Thanks a lot. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero. Six three. All right, uh, we got to call a quick timeout. We got the news coming up and the weather at seven thirty. Again, flooding Rogers Place to the uh, terminus of Fort Hall. Other water damage inside, not expected to affect the Hub City hosting duties. We'll uh, hop into another big story over the last couple of weeks about that uh, age cap being enforced in youth sports football. Chris Morris from the Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Golden Bears was pretty upset about that. We'll have the COO of U Sports on the show when we get back. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Kind of a crazy last few hours here in Edmonton. 780-496-0063. If you want to get in touch by calling or texting, the phone number is, well, it is the same phone number. The email is inside sports at 630ched.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Again, Oilers Entertainment Group putting out a statement earlier. Rogers Place suffering some water damage to the terminus of Fort Hall. You've probably seen videos and pictures online by now. That is, uh, you know, right along 104th Avenue, that sort of main foyer area. Smaller leaks in other parts of the building. They're looking at the damage. They do not expect it to prevent Edmonton from being a hub city from Rogers Place hosting games all the way through the conclusion of the Stanley Cup final. Other pictures circulating where people are speculating that part of the roof has collapsed. Other people have also posted photos from other nights this summer. And it looks like that's just the shape of the roof, that it's not a completely flat roof. So uh, keep that in mind when, when you see stuff like that. Um, all right, just a reminder along those lines. And uh, more speculation today that a, a name change for the Edmonton Eskimos is imminent. Um, perhaps as early as next week, they will announce that they are changing the name. Now, that doesn't mean that there's going to be a new name announced next week that they may... Um, that they may announce the retirement of the name and uh, maybe we'll look to putting out a new name sometime down the road when they actually get to playing. So more things we'll be following here in the city of Edmonton. I want to welcome Dick White to the show. He's the chief operating officer for U Sports. Dick, you're on with Reed. Thanks a lot for your time tonight. How are you doing? 
Reed, I'm doing well. You guys got a lot of interesting news going on there in Edmonton. Yeah, we really do. It's uh, it's a, it's certainly a crazy day. I mean, you know what these storms are like. So we got to keep people updated. And with Rogers Place being, you know, a, a hub host, people are are worried about what's going on there. But it looks like uh, everything is going to be okay. They got to fix some stuff, but they should be able to host the games anyway. U Sports has been in the news a lot. I, I know it's been a tough go with the pandemic for for a lot of your members' schools. Dick, look, I'm, I'm going to dive into to the big story. It had Chris Morris, the coach of the Golden Bears football team, on last week. He and some other coaches are really unhappy about the uh, age cap being enforced. So a bunch of players, I think 25-year-olds, aren't going to come back and play another year. I, I guess you're, you're going to have a different view on this, so we want to present that as well. Can you tell us what led to this decision and maybe why uh, some people are on the other side of what Chris and the coaches are saying? Well, really, where we ended up, uh, where we ended up in, in looking at at a motion to, to create an exception was we we got some legal advice because uh, our board felt that was important, especially given given the sensitivity of a of an age cap, which which in itself um, hangs out there in a little bit of jeopardy um, with uh, human rights legislation. Um, so when the board got a legal opinion. Um, we were told that um, should we bring this kind of attention and make an accept- exception to the age cap, what we may be doing is opening the door for a challenge uh, that might eliminate the age cap entirely. Now, it was only a risk. There's nothing for sure. But boards of directors are all about risk management. That is really very fundamental in their role. And uh, they felt that... Uh, uh, everything that we've heard is the age cap is very important to uh, university football and that we should not, um, in, spite of, uh, in, fi- in spite of feeling very badly for the players affected by this, that we should not jeopardize uh, the age cap in, in moving forward um, by making an exception uh, during one year. Um, undoubtedly, it's it has not been received well. I can't say that was a surprise. I had alerted the board of directors before I left the call last week that I said, this won't be good. Um, and uh, we knew it was a tough, tough decision. Absolutely. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, we've, uh, uh, we've received a lot of feedback and, and, uh, quite frankly, we're, we're listening and considering, a. a the next step forward so um not sure if that entirely answered your question but that gives you a little background of, of where we came from um when the decision was made yeah well no absolutely it, it does and chris was very passionate about it and so obviously we wanted to to get a different perspective as well how do you i mean you want happy coaches right you want everybody in in as much harmony as possible how do you manage having you know these many coaches who are kind of on on the other side of this is there maybe some mending that needs to be done here yeah you know that's a that's a worry now we we more directly deal with um you know with the board we more directly deal with the the athletic directors uh, than we deal directly with the coaches but i mean we hear it and we care and um in most of the cases, um, the vast majority, the athletic directors are supporting the position of the coaches. And uh, um, we, we are listening and, and, uh, and looking 
at what a good path forward might be. I have spent this week, I've met with the eligibility committee, I've met with uh, the uh, uh, management advisory committee, and I actually met with uh, the football technical committee this morning. So um, we're getting lots of feedback on this and, and we're considering uh, we're considering a path forward. Um, right now, it will be up to the Board of Directors whether they wish to reconsider or not, but it's my job to uh, present to them what I'm hearing out in the membership, um, you know, what we hear in public, and um, um, see, see where we go from there. So, um, you know, just about everybody asked me, is it a done deal, is it dead? Um, no, as I said, I think we, we wouldn't be... We wouldn't be the organization we should be if we didn't listen to these people that that are passionate about their sport and and the athletic directors and coaches who deliver programs at their universities. Dick White joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He's the chief operating officer for U Sports. And you know, in terms of uh, a fall season, well, there kind of won't be one, unfortunately. Um, you know, just to talk to us a little bit about that. We I, uh, and maybe about getting fans back into buildings hopefully i know there won't be any u of a stuff here in edmonton but i i assume u sports all these programs there's not gigantic TD, tv deals and things like that so you need you need fans you need fans coming back to the venues hopefully in in january can you kind of talk a bit about that well and and you know january is still in play too we you know we just never know it's hard for those of us that that are in leadership or management positions who probably pride ourselves on our planning. Um, we just can't plan with this uh, with this pandemic. Um, you know, all our programs are are delivered through the universities who work within their conference, and of course, the U of A and um, U of C, Lethbridge, uh, Grant McEwen. You know, everybody. Mount Royal, everybody in Alberta uh, works in the, in the Canada West Conference uh, and, and delivers programs uh, through there. So, you know, it's going to be a matter, it's going to be a, a matter over this fall of, of telling our story, telling the value of university athletics, of the, of the leaders, the leaders we create, the, the, the future, future community leaders and professionals and, and why it's, why it's worthwhile to, uh, uh, why it's worthwhile to maintain a strong athletic program that the benefits are, are within community. So we need to tell our story, um, and we very much need to we need to continue to plan and 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 get ready for January. I, I think people will be so anxious if they can actually get into a facility and and watch that that's gonna that's gonna help us a lot. But uh, yeah, it is it is a challenge. It's a it's a challenge for everybody that right now is is trying to keep sport going keep it uh keep it alive and in, in the minds of people and uh and yet not have that not have that product that they can that we took for granted for so long that you could buy your ticket and go go through the door and, and watch it and uh, now we've uh, i know i feel like we've lost something really precious whether it's university sport or whether it's watching a, a cfl or an nhl game it's uh, it's kind of a i know it's a big loss for me personally in my life yeah, for sure. And and I mentioned here, you know, the U of A has, has wiped out the entire season, except for a few sports, but there won't be, you know, Canada West hockey and basketball and volleyball. Uh, your your reaction to that, because so far U of A is the only school that's decided they needed to go that route. Yeah, I think I was, I think I was a little surprised, but I also understand. 
Um, I mean, I, I know the folks there well, and I know the financial pressure uh, that they were under. Um, and I think um, by, by making that step, I, I, I believe they, you know, let their athletes know in, in lots of time um, to make plans accordingly, whether that's to uh, continue uh, training and staying at the U of A or taking, taking courses online and perhaps getting a job and paying down the debt a bit. But their athletes can now can now plan ahead. Um, uh, we're 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 in a position that those athletes, in 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 our view, are are protected as far as U of A athletes, at least for the year. So it's not like it's a free agency uh, uh, fire sale here. Um, but uh, yeah, I was a, I was a little surprised, and and it's a shocker when you know one of the leading athletic programs, uh, university athletic programs across the country. Um, does that it's a real eye-opener how how serious and and the impact financially which you know we're dealing with the health and safety all the time and that's paramount but losing all the 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 fundraising that goes on in the in the off season whether it's a banquet or a fundraising golf tournament or 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 you know camps for young children uh, all those things with the financial pressures and then the pressures uh, you know on post-secondary education in the province of Alberta are well known so, uh, yeah, I, I was I was surprised, um, um, but you know the the muttering out there is uh, there may be more there may be more before uh, before the end of the summer that take a similar path. I I sure hope not, but I um, it may it it may well happen. Universities are under a lot of pressure right now. Yeah. Well, we'll keep following this story. Uh, I mean, I always enjoy talking U sports on, on this show, Dick, and, and, and the U of A has had so many great teams and athletes uh, over the years. So it, it's, it's going to be a hole on this show, uh, not having segments on them for sure. But thanks for your perspective tonight and uh, all the best here. I know it's a rocky time for U sports, but I really appreciate you checking in tonight. Well, it is for sure. And, Reed, I really appreciate your interest and uh, look forward to talking again, um, maybe on better news next time. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. That is Dick White checking in tonight, the COO for U Sports. So he talked a little bit about that football uh, age decision, and uh, you know he recognizes there's a divide there between what the board decided and the schools and the coaches, and uh, maybe they'll need to review that. And as he said near the end of the interview, he uh, wouldn't be surprised if other schools follow suit with the U of A and wind up uh, wind up uh, wiping out their entire seasons for 2020, 2021. Okay. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. It has been an interesting day, an interesting evening. The big storm flooding Rogers Place. Uh, Again, if you're just tuning in, there was a statement from Oilers Entertainment Group. Water damage to the terminus of Fort Hall, along with some smaller leaks in other parts of the building. They're assessing the damage, confident that they will still be able to host, be ready to host game starting on the 28th as Edmonton of course is a hub city for the restart of the NHL the the stuff about the roof and I appreciate people are are sending pictures check social media it appears that that is how the roof looks it doesn't appear the exterior top of the roof has actually collapsed it appears that it always has that kind of slant and uh, uh, depression to it that's what it appears to me anyway we'll take a quick timeout. it's inside sports on chat
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Don't forget Bob Stoffer as Oilers now from noon to 2 every day on 630 Chet. I'm sure by then we'll have a little bit more information about the flooding at Rogers Place. There has been damage. It should not affect the hosting duties for the Stanley Cup playoffs, starting with exhibition games on July 28th. I almost said January 28th just because it, I don't think I've ever had to promo an NHL game in July before. Uh, we'll have all the Oilers games for you at 6.30, Chad, July 28th. 8.30 start time against the Flames. We'll have the face-off show ahead of time. We'll have overtime open line afterwards, just as we usually do. Saturday, August 1st, 1 p.m., game one against the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, before uh, everything happened at Rogers Place tonight, Tim Shipton, Vice President of Communications for Oilers Entertainment Group, was on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, and he was telling Bob how the, the rink's going to look a little different for those of you watching on TV. You know, the Oilers logo at center ice is being replaced by the NHL shield uh, as this is an NHL tournament. So that'll be that'll be a big change. Um, but as I said, the uh, the set design, if, if that's what you want to call it, that uh, the NHL is coming up with is, is spectacular. We're excited to uh, to have the have the league unveil that very soon. And, uh, and really try to bring it to life. It's a unique, it'll be a very unique experience uh, for the players, for everybody uh, not having fans in the building, but the creativity that's been brought to bear uh, on this set design and this broadcast piece, is, it's very cool. Yeah, so, and we've talked about that, NHL logo at center ice, and we'll see how the full presentation looks. Uh, Gary Bettman alluded to maybe things looking a little different or something being eye-catching without the fans being in the building. They might have something else on the go. So something to remember once we see the games on television. And, of course, OEG, the province, the city, had to work very hard to set up a safe bubble for the players. We're creating this bubble that needs to be safe, so you got to create that that strong perimeter. But then you got to, you know, you got to have activities um, for the players and the staff. You got to have uh, things for them to do. So we presented a very strong lifestyle bid to the NHL. Um, you know, creating both indoor and outdoor activities for players. Um, you know, working with local restaurants, local proprietors to bring in food safely into the hub, so that they could experience, you know, some of the great. Uh, cuisine and restaurants uh, that we have in this city. Um, so it, it literally is every front. And then, of course, I haven't even mentioned testing, but we're um, ramping up. We started testing for phase three, of course, training camp. And we're ramping up testing to uh, test uh, upwards of 1,500 people per day uh, in, uh, in the bubble. And uh, again, we're doing that with the support of uh, local Edmonton company, DynaLife. Um, the nice thing is there's, you know, we're not taking away resources from the public system. Uh, NHL uh, fully paying for that testing. 
All right, that is Tim Shipton, Vice President of Communications, Oilers Entertainment Group, earlier today on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Get the full interview on the show page on 630ched.com. Okay, well, it was uh, it was an active show. Uh, get the latest on the news on 630ched.com, globalnews.ca, about the uh, Rogers Place flooding, especially that's what a lot of people are talking about tonight. We had uh, Dick White on the show from U Sports. You heard from Jody Shelley, who covers the Blue Jackets. Thomas Drance, who covers the Canucks for The Athletic, was on the show. And, of course, Henry Burris joined us. He is going into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Edmonton native A.J. Jakubik calling the game on TSN 1200, the East Final in 2015. And this, Henry Burris said, his favorite play from his career. Second and 25, high snap. Burris has it. Burris looks downfield, throws, and it is caught! Inside Hamilton territory, and there he goes. It's Ellingson down the sidelines, inside the 10. Touchdown, Ottawa. Greg Ellingson, a miracle. That was an incredible play. And then the Eskimos beat them in the Grey Cup the next Sunday. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show, Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope everybody is safe. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 6. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.